This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 166 with Ingrid Ortiz. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 166. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day. Because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Ingrid Ortiz is a self-love and confidence coach helping women end their struggle with comparison so they can pursue their passion and live life to the fullest. She pivoted from a career in personal training to guide women in a more powerful and profound way. In this episode, Ingrid shares her very personal experience of nearly ending her own life. Her very serious suicide attempt nine years ago was a turning point in her life, and today she's helping other women find the things that she was lacking as a young woman, feeling hopeless and helpless and desperate to escape her own world. Listen in to hear Ingrid share how her mess became her message, how she survived her serious suicide attempt, how she found a safety net and recovered from hopelessness and despair, the power of FOMO and the comparison trap and how to steer clear of both how to identify and tap into your spiritual gifts, and the one thing we're not taught in college that we need more than anything else. This was an interesting and fun and powerful conversation with Ingrid. I hope you'll listen in. We cover some really serious topics in here. And especially as we get deeper into the episode, I just feel like Ingrid really gave us some great practical tips and some really interesting spiritual guidance and advice. And it was a dynamic conversation that I'm looking forward to sharing with you. So let's go ahead and dive in with Ingrid Ortiz. Ingrid Ortiz, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here today. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much, Sarah. 
this will be fun. I'm going to out you right now as a self-proclaimed fan of the show. So, <laughs> yes, I and, am. <laughs> but I love having fans of the show because then I know that you have a good sense of what our community is about and what we talk about. And I know that the topics, when you emailed me, the topics that you wanted to share and the topics that you've really built your professional work around are topics that are so relevant to our audience. So I'm very excited for this conversation. Yes, as am I. So let's go ahead and dive in. And I would like you to start with telling us just a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life and what you're most excited about right now. Yeah, so it's interesting you ask because actually my business has kind of changed a little bit in a good way, in a very good way. I actually had a mom reach out to me. So, hey, mom. (laughs) (laughs) I had a mom reach out to me and she wanted me to coach her daughter because she thought that her daughter struggled with self-esteem and with self-confidence. And so she reached out to me for that. And, you know, as I started coaching the daughter and everything like that, I typically coach people within the age range of like 25 to 35. And so, you know, it was very new to me to coach a teenager. But I got to say that I really liked it because it really took me back to my teen years. And, you know, I was actually able to coach both the mom and the daughter. And it was so awesome because I was able to see myself kind of in that situation. So like as I was coaching the mom and the daughter, I was actually able to see myself in that, you know, back in my teen years, you know, struggling with that relationship of connecting with my mom and thinking like, oh, she's out to get me. Like, (laughs) I can't have a life, you know, like she's so restricting and all of these things. And I was able to put myself in my mother's shoes, (laughs) you know, for like the very first time. And it just made me appreciate my mom even more for everything that she's doing and for everything that she's done in my life. So yeah, so my business has kind of changed in that direction and I'm really liking it. Very cool. It's fun sometimes when I did personal training, I worked with a lot of triathletes initially and I had this period of time where I suddenly started getting a lot of seniors as new clients. Mm. And I was like, Oh, hmm, I don't really have a lot of expertise around this, but like, I'll figure, I'll figure it out, which I did. And then I was like, this is so fun. And it was something I hadn't really considered. Like I had never considered advertising or marketing around that to try to attract that population because I had been trying to attract people who were like me. And I was a triathlete at the time. And Mm -hmm. then later I was like, Oh my gosh, like you don't always have to try to attract people like you. You can attract different kinds of people. And that can be actually so fascinating and really, I think help you like shift and evolve your perspective in so many ways. So I love that you had an opportunity to do something new and different and you really embraced it and learned something new and were able to grow from it. Yeah, exactly. Like just going with the flow, allowing your business to take its own course, you know, Yeah. like not being so controlling over it and just letting it flow whichever direction. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I have to say, I always do a little stalking before I have guests on the show <laughs> And you might have one of the most compelling websites that I've ever gone to because I went to the homepage of your website and there was a lovely photo of you. And the first line I saw under the photo was I almost ended it all. And so of course that immediately sucked me in. And so I'm hoping you can take us to that time and place in your life and share a little bit about how you got from a place where you felt like that to where you are today. Cause I'm imagining 
a lot of big things happened. Yeah, of course. And so obviously there's a reason why I put that catchy line, you know, (laughs) (laughs) to draw people in. But yeah, about nine years ago, I almost ended my life. And in order to really answer your question thoroughly, I'm going to take you back nine years ago with me. So please do. Let me set the scenario. So leading up to that point in my life, I really hated myself. I hated my body. I hated how big my forehead was. I hated how I had cellulite. I remember in one of your episodes, you said how you had cellulite in the front of your thighs. And I'm like, oh, I have cellulite in my front thighs too. (laughs) And so I hated how my body looked. Like I hated my thunder thighs. I hated my body in general. And, you know, I essentially had low self-worth. I was in college and, you know, it was all about my body and how I looked and how I present myself. And if other guys thought I was pretty enough to date, if other girls envied me, like it was all about how I looked. And then to top it off, I was in a serious relationship with this guy that I actually thought I was going to marry. I really thought that he was the one for me. And So the story about me and him. So we grew up together. We grew up in the same church. Our families knew each other. Like we knew each other since diapers. So it was kind of like an arranged marriage, except the kids actually accepted it. Like they wanted to be married, you know? And so everyone approved of us. You know, we were of the same religion and his family knew me. My family knew him. So there was no questions asked that, you know, it was going to happen. We were going to get married. And then one day I found out that he cheated on me and Sarah, it wasn't so much about the cheating. Like in hindsight, I can tell you, honestly, it wasn't about the cheating. It was about the disappointment. Like I expected better of him. He knew that I had been cheated on in the past. He knew my past. He knew everything about me. He knew me since I was young, you know, like I thought he would have a certain level of respect for me, but he did it. So he cheated on me. Then to top it off even more, (laughs) his family knew. So that made matters even worse because it was like, okay, so I get you because you're a guy, you know, whatever. You still need some growing up to do. But I can't believe your family that knows my family, that knows me, that knows that, you know, I'm a good little church girl and everything and I'm the one for you and everything. I couldn't imagine them keeping the lie for him. So... It just hurt me so much. I felt so betrayed, you know, by the people that I grew up with, by the people that I call family. So on that day, I just decided, you know what? No more. Like, I'm at that point where I just can't handle any more hurt. And so previous to that, I had hurt myself. I had, you know, cut myself and like other things. So I had inflicted pain upon myself, but it was never with the intention of like ending my life. It was more like releasing pain. So this time I really decided like this was it. Like there's no going back. Like I have to do this. So I remember taking those 20 pills. Like I counted them. I was like one, two, three, you know, I counted all of them. And I said to myself, Ingrid, don't worry, like, you'll no longer have to feel this pain. This will all be over soon. And I took it. And that was it. So long story short, you know, obviously, I'm still alive. Thank you, Lord, that I'm still alive. And fortunately, for me, like the 
20 pills that I took, they didn't do any type of damage. So I'm really thankful to be alive. And so now I can say that I live my life more on purpose. I live my life knowing that the mess that I was in has now become my message to other people, you know, and I don't think it was a coincidence that I survived. Like, I think that I have a divine calling. I think I'm here to make a mark and leave a legacy to let people know that it's not okay for you to place your worth in someone else's hands. You know, it wasn't theirs to begin with. You own your own worth. That is such a scary story because it could have so easily ended differently. Yeah. You said that was nine years ago? Yeah, nine years ago. So tell us a little bit about the process of recovering from that because I'm imagining you didn't like wake up Mm -hmm. and think like oh great I'm here I'm so grateful to be alive like after the fact were you disappointed how did you process that event after the fact yeah so after that you know I had to go to a mental institution you know for a couple of days and they gave me like counseling and all of these things and I was at that point you know where I wasn't ready to face the hurt to face the pain So like, I wasn't acceptive of the counseling. I didn't want to hear what they had to say. I didn't want to hear them saying, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, you'll get over this and, you know, all of the advice that they tend to give you. And I didn't want to take the pills that they wanted to give me because it just like numbed me. Like it made me feel weird. So anyway, but I did start to go through counseling. I did start seeing a psychologist and she really helped me see that I had certain expectations of people. And so whenever people don't meet those expectations, I become really hurt. And then I make it seem like it's my fault or I make it seem like I'm not good enough, you know? And I basically allow other people's lack of meeting my expectation become something about me instead of just accepting that it's something that they did. Wow. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners 
listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. And how did you start coming out of that and get into the work that you're doing now? Yes. So after the counseling and everything like that, I started reconnecting myself with God. So I'm a Christian and I firmly believe in God. And I started to get to know him, but in a different way. I know that a lot of people shy away from religion because they think of it as like, oh, all of these rules and regulations. And I have to say that I did come from that type of background. I've never shared this before. (laughs) But I used to be Mormon. Oh, wow. Yeah, I used to be Mormon. And not to say anything bad about Mormons or anything like that, but there are regulations and rules that you should abide by. And when I was growing up, I just never identified to it. Mm. Like I never, I mean, I guess, you know, when I was younger, I thought, okay, well, this is what I need to do. And I need to go to church on Sunday and I need to take the bread and the water and, you know, all of these things, all of these like ritualistic things. But I remember at the age of 16, I remember thinking, why am I doing this? Like, you didn't feel connected to it at all. No, I didn't. I didn't feel connected at all. I was like, why can't I drink coffee? Like, what's so bad about coffee? (laughs) And so, so yeah, I felt very disconnected. And then, so I was very disconnected. So then I actually met my husband at a club. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I recommend it. So not, so not being a good Mormon girl. (laughs) No, no, I wasn't at the age of 20. I was not a very good Mormon. (laughs) So I met him at a club and then he invited me to church. Like, it's so funny. Oh my gosh. Because of where we met, you know, like you would have never thought, oh, okay, well, this guy is going to take me to church. Like, so anyway, he took me to church. 
the first time I went, I was like, what is this? These people are standing up and like singing loud because like Mormons are more reserved. Yeah. And so I remember my first time, I'm like, I don't know what this is. Like, I don't want to be a part of this. And then once I started going more and started seeing that, like the way that, you know, these Christians acted at church, it was like more of a sign of freedom, not being like wild, but they were just like, you know, it was a sign of freedom. So I started getting more involved and I just started getting more connected to God. And I started to see myself the way that I believe he sees me. And I believe that he sees me as a divine princess. I believe that he sees me as a beautiful creation that he created and that he has instilled in me a purpose. And so, you know, I really do believe that he saved my life. And because of that, I now have a story to share with other people so that other people don't have to go through what I went through and other people have a resource and someone else that they can talk to about whatever it is that they're going through. I love that. I think hopefully everyone has Mm -hmm. something that they can turn to during really tough times. And for some people that is religion and for other people, it's different things. But it's, I think the important factor there is that you know what your thing is. And so, you know, mm-hmm. like when I am having these moments of hopelessness or desperation, like this is the thing that I can rely on. And so I love mm-hmm. that, you know, exactly what that thing is for you. And that has provided a safety net for you. I think that's so important. And so regardless of, you know, I've talked about how I use like exercise to ease anxiety. Like that's my safety net. Mm -hmm. I love that you have been able to use religion for something to like keep you feeling comforted and powerful and strong. I think that that's just, I think that's really great. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about FOMO and I have to tell you, this is kind of funny. I thought I coined the term FOMO like years ago because in college we would always talk about fear of missing out. And my roommates all knew that like out of the seven women that I lived with that I had the worst FOMO of anyone in the house. And so for a long time, we just called it fear of missing out, fear of missing out. And I've always been an acronym person. So at some point this shifted into FOMO. Well, now it's like mainstream, like, conversation, everyone uses the term FOMO. So for those of you who've Mm -hmm. not heard FOMO, it does stand for fear of missing out. And so when it got to be more mainstream and people were using like throwing this around, I was like, wait a minute. I thought I invented that. Yeah. I I don't think that I did invent it for the masses. I think it already existed. I think maybe I was even late to the game with it. But that said, I am someone who definitely struggles with FOMO. And I am someone who like, if I know all my girlfriends are going out to dinner and I can't be there, I'm texting them like, you guys don't have too much fun. Like, don't laugh too much. Don't stay out late. Like, I don't want to miss anything. (laughs) And so I can really relate to women experiencing that like very legitimately I'm talking about it kind Mm -hmm. of in joking terms now but I also think that it's like it's interesting because I think that we don't want to miss out and it also leads us into the comparison trap and I know that you have some expertise in both of those areas so Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about your experience personally professionally and how you work with other people around FOMO around the comparison trap and kind of the epidemic that this has all become as well yeah so my personal experience with FOMO actually just recently was, well, first it started off with wanting to get married, right? So I saw all of my church friends getting married, like at a younger age. And I'm like, what is this? I'm not married. Like, why am I not married? You know, why are all my friends married? And why am I not married? And it was like this FOMO that I had, I had a fear of missing out, I thought I was missing out on something great. And yes, you know, being married is great and all but in the right time and with the right person, you know? So like we have this FOMO sometimes, but it's really out of place because the reason why we 
don't have certain things or haven't achieved certain things is because either we're not ready, it's not the right time or whatever the case may be. But, you know, instead of wanting other things, like just appreciating and being grateful for where we are at and our journey in life. So I used to have a lot of FOMO related to marriage. And then when I was married, (laughs) I had FOMO related to having a baby. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can relate to all of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, and it's so funny because it's like, you'll always have FOMO related to like the next stage or the next step of your life. Totally. You know, and so, you know, other people, maybe they have FOMO of having a house, you know, but what you don't realize is that owning a house, like it's great. It's a great investment and all these things. And it's great to have your own land and your own property, but there's so much responsibility into it, you know? just like with marriage, just like with a child and they're all great things, but there's a lot of responsibility to it too. So, you know, you have this fear of missing out, but all you're seeing is like what other people are portraying it to be, but you don't see behind the scenes. You don't see what they're doing in order to take care of their child or all of the countless fights that they get into with their husband or wife, you know, like you don't see that. They don't show you that. So you have this FOMO, but it's really unrealistic because you're just seeing like the glitz and glam part of it, you know? Right. So yeah, so that's personally for me. How do you work with other people who you see getting caught up in that in your clients? Yeah. So I think with FOMO, it does tie in a lot with comparison, you know, because Mm -hmm. whenever we have this fear of missing out, we're essentially comparing our life to other people. Right. And so I think what's important to do is to focus on yourself. So instead of focusing on what other people are doing and, you know, what this person is putting on Instagram and how your cousin got married and your coworker bought a house and someone else got a promotion, instead of focusing on that, focus on your own life. You know, like it's not about them. Your life is not about them. And everyone has a different journey. So really focusing on your strengths, on your purpose, on your gifts and seeing more of that in yourself. Because I feel like whenever you tap more into your strengths and your gifts and all of that, you're able to see yourself differently. Like you don't see yourself comparing yourself to someone else because you can't compare apples to oranges, you know, like the saying says. Like we're just not meant to be compared one to the other. We're just not meant to be like that. In one of my blog posts, I said how, like, God didn't make us in a factory. Like, he didn't use the assembly line system, like, just copying and pasting, copying and pasting. Like, we're not manufactured that way. We're all unique. We all have a special gift, a special talent. And so we need to own that. We need to know that we are created differently. And it was on purpose, you know? I love that. Yeah, because, like, how boring would it be if we're all blonde haired with blue eyes? How boring (laughs) would it be if we're all like super athletic? Like, you know, there needs to be someone else that's creative, that can be a videographer that, you know, has a different skill set. So I think there's beauty in all of our gifts and, you know, in our journey in life and what we have to offer in the world. I totally agree. And I love the idea of recognizing that it's on purpose that we're all different and that it has to be that way because 
it wouldn't work otherwise. <laughs> if we all had the same strengths mm-hmm. and weaknesses, a lot of <laughs> stuff wouldn't never get done. So yeah, a lot of other stuff would get done too much. So I think that's a really great way to kind of shift your focus when you find yourself getting caught up in comparison. Do you have any mm-hmm. like specific tactics, especially around social media when we do, I know like this has been an experience of mine and I'm pretty good at limiting and being very particular about social, I don't limit social media exposure, but I'm very particular about social media exposure. So like Mm -hmm. I've been in the fitness industry for 14 years, but I don't follow a lot of people in fitness because there's a lot of things in fitness that I just don't want to participate in and don't want to see. Like basically any Mm -hmm. ad that targets like how to get six pack abs, like I'm not going to follow that gym Mm -hmm. or that personality. So that's just not my thing. So I've, I've been really careful about like what I let myself see and what I click on on social media, knowing that like anything you click on will make more of those kinds of things show up in your feed. Do you have any Ooh. advice for people who get caught up in that comparison trap when they're scrolling through a news feed on a rough day and they're like, oh my gosh, like everyone in the world has an amazing life except for me. Cause like everything in my life sucked today. Yeah. So I have two things. They can either delete the app. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Me, amen. Me, myself. So I now have the Facebook app. But before I deleted it for a period of time and I got to tell you that I don't know about a lot of things and that's a good thing. Yes. That's such a good point. During the like, you know, politics and all of this, like I just couldn't anymore. Like I didn't want to hear about it. And plus like all of these memes and everything. Oh man. And then like to see my friends on the other side that I you know, was against, it was like, okay, I'm going to lose friends. Let me just delete this app and let me just not get involved. So either delete the app or what I've done is you can download this Chrome plugin called kill the newsfeed. Oh, what is that? Yeah. So basically it's only for Facebook and it's only on your laptop. Unfortunately, it's not on your phone yet. But you download the Chrome plugin, kill the news feed or kill the feed, something like that. And so what it does is it kills the feed for you. So you have to literally type in the person's name in order to go on their page and see their activity and their posts and everything like that. So whenever I go on Facebook on my laptop, I don't see anyone's feed. So I'm not tempted to look at anything. So when you go on, you can put in your own status updates, but you don't actually see Mm -hmm. a full feed. Exactly. And so if I want to check up on my friends, you know, I can type in their name and I can see their posts and everything like that perfectly. But on that initial page, I won't see everyone's posts. You know, I won't see that long feed that shows up. Oh, I love it. So I actually, I'm just Mm -hmm. Googling this right now. I will link to the app because I think this is such a valuable tool. But Mm -hmm. when I just linked to it, it said, when you go to Facebook, if you use the app on your desktop, when you go to Facebook, you get this like big screen that says, don't be distracted by Facebook (laughs) instead of... Exactly. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, I learned about it and I'm like, "Uh, I need this. Right. And it still has the box. It still has the box up top that says what is your, I can't even read it through this, but that says like, what do you want to write about? Whatever. So you can post an update, Mm -hmm. but you just can't scroll. Oh, this is brilliant. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll put this in the show notes. If people go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 166, you will be able to see that link to that app. That's a good one. I love it. Yeah. 
So how do you help women build self-confidence? And it seems like this is something you've really done a lot of work with on yourself. And I would imagine, have you going through your journey, is that where you feel like you've gotten a lot of the tools to support other women in that journey? Yes, that's exactly right. I feel like, so like, as I was saying before, I turned my mess, like that mess that I was in, I turned it into my message because I know how it feels like, you know, to put your self-worth in someone else's hands. I know what it feels like to be at that moment where you're just like, I don't want to feel this pain anymore. And the only thing that I can think of that'll get rid of it is to end my life. I know what it feels like to cry yourself to sleep. You know, I know what it feels like to not love yourself, you know, and to try to perform, to try to act happy for other people, but inside you're just dying inside. You just don't love yourself. So I come from that standpoint where I know where, where they're at. I know how they're feeling. And so my approach is very different. Instead of focusing on like, their bad habits and all of those things, I focus on their strengths because we're constantly being told what we can or cannot do, you know? So I'm here to tell them that if they want to, they can pursue their passion. They have a choice. You know, our life is made up of many choices and they have that choice where they can build that dream career and, you know, they can have whatever they want in life. It's all a matter of choice. And the only thing that's really stopping them from fulfilling their dream is themselves. And it's like a simple truth, but it's so hard to do in actuality, you know, because it's hard to control your thoughts. It's hard to overcome that fear. It's so hard to overcome yourself, overcome that negative mindset. So I'm there to be their best friend. You know, I'm there to be their ally, to support them, to make sure that Whatever it is that they're setting themselves out to do, whatever goals they have in mind, you know, I'm keeping them on track of their goals so that they can end that comparison trap and so that they can just pursue the life that they really want. That's great. I think that that's important. It's really important to feel like you have an ally when you are feeling really down on yourself. Mm -hmm. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) 
Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Are there like specific tactical steps that you give people to help them work on building their self-esteem back up? Yes. So I have them take a test. It's a spiritual gifts test. And so again, this is where my Christianity comes in because, you know, it says in the Bible, we all have spiritual gifts. So I have them take a test and then in the end, they're aware of the spiritual gifts that they have. And then, so I feel like once I see, you know, the gifts that they have, their eyes just light up, you know, it's like, they're like, wow, like I have all of this potential. Like I'm really good at this. And the funny thing is that they already know that they're good at it. They already know that they are really good with mercy. Like they're very merciful. They know that they're good teachers. They know that they're good at certain abilities, but it really solidifies it whenever they take this test, you know? I love because so it t- puts it on paper. That's really mm-hmm. cool. And can you give some examples of what spiritual gifts are? Like you just mentioned being a good teacher and being merciful. What are some other ones? Because I think people are probably thinking some of these things might be super, like it doesn't sound like they're extremely religious based, they're more spiritually based. And so are there any others that people might come get results of when they take the test? Yeah. So there's exhortation, there's evangelism, there's even administration. You know, some people are really good administrators. There are so many spiritual gifts that we're given. And so I actually have a link that I can send you and people can take this test and they can see for themselves like what they're really good at. Yeah, that would be awesome. Send that link and I'll make sure I get that in the show notes. That would be cool. Okay. Because I think that's something people think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong and maybe it's just me, but like when I'm feeling down and out about myself and struggling with confidence, I don't think like, what are my spiritual gifts? <laughs> that's not, that's not the path I take. And sometimes I will think, what are my strengths? But that's a different kind of a question. Mm-hmm. So I really like that idea of spiritual gifts. I think that's a really interesting and intriguing framework to work within and to dive into a little bit. I would love to talk a little bit about failure before we wrap up here. So tell us a little bit about failure and the missing links that you see when it comes to how parents teach their children about failure. Yeah. So failure is a big one. I feel like there's this stigma to failure, right? Like, oh man, you failed. Like now you're a failure. Like failure doesn't have to mean whenever you fail at something that doesn't have to mean that you're a failure, But a lot of times we take it as we are the failure because we failed, but it's not because we're a failure. Sometimes we fail because, you know, it's just messaging. I see failure as messaging that tells you either, okay, that's okay. Let's try again. Or maybe it's, hey, this wasn't for you. Or maybe it's, you know, hey, why don't we try again another time? Or maybe, hey, there's another reason um, 
or another lesson, you know, to this, like you need to learn a lesson through this failure to get you to the other side. I feel like failure shouldn't be a bad thing, right? You know, because it's better to fail than to not take action because inaction itself is really failure. Mm -hmm. It's another form of failure. And so I think the way that parents teach failure, it's taught through school, you know, like whenever you get an A, hey, you're a success, you succeeded, you're at the top of your class. Whenever you get an F or a D or even a C, you know, sometimes parents, they reprimand their children like, hey, like, why did you get this grade? And, you know, I know you can do better. And although like, I understand the reason why they do that. I think a lot of times whenever we take it to the extreme and we say, hey, no, like in this household, we only get A's because you are not a failure. You know, I feel like that's taking it to extreme mm-hmm. because it's basically messaging to the kids that, you know, whenever we fail, all of a sudden we're a failure. You know, like we're not going to get in that school that our parents want us to get into. We're not going to get that job that our parents want us to have. And so I think that failure has really taken this bad stigma when it really isn't. It's just messaging to us. Right, right. I think there's so much value in failure. And that's something that I've learned as an adult, especially in the last 10 years, is really embracing failure and looking for opportunities to learn. And instead of even identifying something as failure to be like, oh, no, this is a learning opportunity. This is not failure. Like just kind of taking that out of the vocabulary, because I think it's so valuable mm-hmm. to learn from things that don't go the way I expected them to go. And just because it doesn't go the way you expect it to go doesn't mean that it's a failure. It just means that you learned something. So <laughs> I think that's really, really valuable. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you can learn something like, for example, whenever I was saying earlier about how, you know, a mom approached me and she wanted me to coach her daughter, like it's another direction. You know, it's not that I failed at, oh, I'm a failure because I'm not coaching the demographic that I said I was going to coach, you know, no, like it's taking another direction, you know, like I'm stepping into another phase in my business. Yeah, I totally agree. And then that becomes an opportunity for growth. Absolutely. Absolutely. You say there's one thing we aren't taught in college that we should be taught. Can you share that one thing with us? Yes. We are not taught how to love ourselves. Oh my gosh. You're right. (laughs) We're not taught how to love ourselves. We're not taught about self-worth or self-esteem or confidence. We're taught how to ace tests. Mm -hmm. We're taught how to study for your exams. We're taught all of these skill sets, which are great for the workforce. But you know what else is also great for the workforce? Confident people. Confident people are great for the workforce. You know, that's what makes great leaders, you know, and that's what makes great parents, Mm -hmm. makes great parents, makes great children. We could all learn a little bit more about self-confidence and self-worth, and it's just not taught in school. Yeah, that's a great point. And I feel like a lot of college experiences are (laughs) almost set up to be the opposite of that. It's almost like... (laughs) You often, it can be a time, and this might be more true for high school than for college, because I Mm -hmm. feel like you're a little more vulnerable in high school, but there's just a lot of situations where instead of building self-worth, it's like you have a lot of experiences with just like cut your self-worth down. (laughs) And so I think that's such a valid point. I think that's really important. 
So I want to know if there's anything else you want to share with our listeners, anything else you want them to know about the comparison trap or FOMO or self-worth, self-confidence, anything about your story that you'd like to share before we hop over to our lightning round? Yeah, absolutely. So I told you this before, but for the listeners that are listening to us, so I actually come from a personal training background. Yes. And I went from personal training into self-love coaching. And the reason why I did that is because I noticed that my clients, yes, they were getting the results that they wanted. They were losing the weight. They were gaining muscle. They were getting the results. But there was something underlying that they weren't dealing with. And so as I talked to them more, you know, they still didn't feel confident in themselves. And they were so sure that if they lost those last five pounds, that they would be super confident in themselves. But then they realized like, hey, so the weight's off. How come I don't feel good about myself? And then that just like opened the door for something else for me because I thought, wow, like if I can help people learn that it's not about the weight, it's just not about the weight. It's about you know, feeling good about yourself, regardless of the weight, right. you know, because there's people that are a little bit heavier and they're super confident in themselves. <laughs> so that just shows you that it's not about how much you weigh. It's not about how you look. It's about how you think of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so really owning your worth and knowing how valuable you are, because we are all valuable human beings and we need to own it. We need to act like it you know, like we have so much worth and we're just letting it slip away because we're thinking too much about what other people think and we're entering so many negative thoughts into our minds. Right, right. And holding on to them for dear life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. As if they were truth, which none of it is true. Right, right. I agree with what you said. I've actually had that conversation with many, many women about weight loss and Um, especially when they come in really tied to a certain number and I'll tell them just right away. I'm like, you can tell me that like your magic number is 135 pounds. And I can tell you right now you will hit 135 pounds and be like, Oh, but I just need to lose five more pounds. Like (laughs) there's no number that will ever be a place where you're like, now I'm perfect. You have to get it in your head that you're perfect where you're at. And then if you want to lose weight, cool, that's fine. But you can be perfect Mm -hmm. the whole way. Like you can love who you are as is the whole entire time you're losing weight. You don't have to wait to lose weight in order to love yourself. Like that's not how your value exists except for in your head. Yeah, exactly. Like we put so many conditions in our minds like, okay, so I need to lose five more pounds and then I'll be beautiful. Right. Right. Okay. So what happens when you lose those five pounds? Are you then all of a sudden more beautiful? I mean, all that happened was that you lost the five pounds. You're still beautiful. You're still the same person. And no one in your world, no one who loves you is thinking, Oh, now that she lost those five pounds, I can, <laughs> now I love her more. <laughs> that is not, yeah. And none of us think that, like, I don't think that of other people. So it's funny, like we think that about ourselves, but when I say it out loud, that sounds so ridiculous. Right. And you know, like when you think about people you really love in your life, you're like, if they lost five pounds or gained five pounds, I would not change how I feel about them at all. Yet we're so mm-hmm. quick to think that that's how people think of us, that we will be of more value to them if we lose a certain amount of weight or fit into a certain size or look a certain way. It's very interesting how we screw with our own minds on that. Yeah. Okay, Ingrid, this has been so good and so helpful, and I really appreciate your little nuggets of wisdom that you've provided today. Before we go on to our lightning round, can you tell us where we can find you and where people can connect with you? 
Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. On Instagram, I am Ingrid.Stephanie underscore. Also, you can find me on Facebook, Ingrid.Stephanie.Ortiz, after you do the www.facebook.com. So, and then obviously, you know, I blog all the time. I blog about every week. So you can go on my website. You can see my latest blogs over at IngridStephanie.com. And actually, for your listeners, I have a free Crush the Comparison workbook. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that I think they would really enjoy and that they could take advantage of. So it's on my website. I have a header. It says something like overcome comparison. So you can click on it there or I can also provide you the link, Sarah. I think you sent me a link. A freebie link. So I have that. So all the links that Ingrid just mentioned and plus the kill the news feed app will all be, if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 166, that will all be over there and I'll provide, I have a bit.ly no more comparison link here that you gave me for the workbook. So Mm -hmm. I will put that up there as well. So everything will be over at shamelessmom.com for listeners. Okay. All right. So thank you so much for this. This has been so great. And I really value and treasure the work that you're doing. I think it's really important. And I think that you've brought some different perspectives than we've shared on the show before, especially incorporating some religious and spiritual elements and some other really tactical practices that people can put into place. So just thank you for your work. I want to acknowledge you for doing really important work with women in the world. Thank you so much. And now, are you ready for our lightning round? Our shameless mommy minute? Okay, here we go. What is your favorite (laughs) way to treat yourself? Ooh, getting a massage. Nice. The current book that you're reading or the last one that you read? I'm currently reading The Best Yes by Lisa Turkhurst. It's a Christian-based book. Oh, I like that title. Mm-hmm. What is one morning ritual you can't live without? Mm, reading a devotional. Oh, nice. Definitely. Nice. Yeah. It's having a little bit of wisdom. I feel like I've actually become a morning reader in the last year and a half and uh having like someone else's wisdom in your head first thing in the morning is so helpful to starting the day off right because sometimes we can't like wake up and find our own wisdom (laughs) (laughs) yeah it just lifts your spirits and you don't have to think much about it like boom there's something inspirational for you you know totally totally who is your biggest inspiration Ooh, so personally i would have to say it's my mom of course and then professionally Christine Hassler. She's a life coach and I love her. Oh, cool. Very cool. If you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? I wish I could give everyone unlimited self-love and confidence and just let all of the moms know that they're doing such an amazing work. Like the fact that they're being a mom is such a huge job and they're really appreciated. I know that it's not always shown and it's not always said, but they're really appreciated. And I really do think that they need to give themselves a the love that they so freely give to others. I love that. And I think all moms appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending time with us in the Shameless Mom Academy today, Ingrid. I really appreciate it. And I hope that you can come back and join us again another time when you have new exciting things that you want to talk about. Yes. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was such an honor and pleasure chatting with you and with the mamas, with the audience. Yes. We will talk again soon.
Thank you so much for spending time with Ingrid and me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. The first thing I want to say in closing is that if you know of anyone who is struggling with suicidal ideation, or if it's something that you have maybe been struggling with, please, please reach out for help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. And that is a 24-7 hotline. And that's a crisis hotline. So you can always reach out to talk to anyone there. If you are impacted by suicidal thoughts or you know someone else who is you can reach out for support regardless of which situation you might be in so don't ever be afraid to use that as a resource if that might be something that could be necessary supportive or helpful to you I appreciate you spending time with us today. I hope you learned something new. If you think this episode would be helpful to someone else, please do share it. We covered a lot in here today, and I think there was some powerful, profound stuff that could definitely benefit a lot of other women out there, a lot of other moms. So please do share openly, share widely. You can get the link to this episode if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 166. And you can also find us on social media and share from there as well. We are on Instagram and Facebook at the Shameless Mom Academy. If this is your first time listening, come back in a few days. We have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and you can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will put you into our Apple podcast location where you can hit the subscribe button to be a subscriber and make sure you get every single episode. And you can also write a review while you're there. So please do write a review. Reviews mean the world to me. I read every single one. They seriously, it's like my favorite thing to do with my spare time is reading some reviews. So I do always appreciate any feedback that you have. I appreciate you spending time with us today and being here. And I can't wait to talk with you again in a few days. Until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.